God bless you and welcome tonight to Church Online. You know, you hear me say this. I say it so much, you'll be saying it. But, you know, I say the same things over and over and over and over and over. That's because I find what works and I stick to it. Church Online is church anytime. It's church wherever you are. You're never without church, never without the opportunity to have a word from God and to gather together around the living, vital word of Almighty God. Thanks for joining with us tonight at Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship. You know, uh, tonight is our 35th week together, 35 weeks. Can you imagine that? Just 15 more weeks and it'll be 50. Wow. And then uh, two more and the year will be gone. That's just amazing. Uh, here we are in our 35th week of, of Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship. And we've just come from a time of praying. I trust you've been praying. And we still have a, 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 just, a, just a sweet sense and a heart of worship and prayer here in our midst. And I just pray that God is touching you. Don't forget, he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he said, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. He means that. You know, he, he said in Psalms 89, 34, he said, my covenant will I not break, nor will I alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Isn't that pretty good? You know, if I said it, I'll do it. He said, you know, I, I like that. If he said it, he will make it good. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll make it good. Psalms 138, 2 says, I have magnified my word above all my name. Isn't that great? You know, the word of God is above the name of God. Do you know that? I mean, the name of God is pretty high. It's a strong and a mighty tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. But the word of God is above the name of God. For what gave God his name but his word? You know, uh, and, and what's, what's greater, that which is given or the one who gave it, you know? Uh, well, I'll just ask you this. Had you rather be a football player getting that, you know, $4 million check or you'd rather be the man writing that check? Okay, uh, you know, <laughs> hello. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, God writes a lot of checks. He blesses us a lot, but my goodness, he is so much bigger than the blessing. He is so much greater than we can imagine. And he means what he said. Isaiah 55 says, you know, just like the rain that comes down from heaven and waters the earth and does not return void. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. You know, it will accomplish exactly what I purposed it to accomplish. The Lord will not be thwarted. His arm is not short so that he cannot save. His ear is not dull so he cannot hear. The Bible says his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open and attentive to their prayers. In fact, the word of God says God knows what we have need of before we ask. He said, nonetheless, we have not because we ask not. Glory. Ask, he said, and receive that your joy might be full. In fact, he said that, that have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. He said, for verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. And the next verse says, therefore, whatsoever things you uh, desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. He said in, in John 15, verse 7, he said, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. You know, he's serious about his word, very serious about his word. He's super serious. And, and, and in fact, uh, we can put him in remembrance of his word. He does not mind. He likes for us to speak his word. In fact, the Bible says that angels, angels are, are, are ministering spirits, the Bible says. Angels are flames of fire. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to minister for those who will be heirs of salvation? But the word of God also says about angels, heavenly angels we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about God's angels. It says they hearken unto the voice of God's word. 
word to do his bidding. That means when the word of God is spoken, it pricks the ears of angels. And all of a sudden, they feel like they are on assignment. And you can send angels on assignment just by speaking the word of Almighty God. You know that, that Jesus defeated the devil by speaking the word of God. You can see it in his temptations in the wilderness. What he said is, well, you know, thus saith the Lord. Well, the word says this. Well, God said this. The devil thought he could trick him, you know, but, but you know, the devil just can't quote the word like Jesus can. And uh, the devil said, well, you know, well, you know in, in, in fact, God had just said to Jesus there when he was baptized, just before he went in the wilderness, you know, the heavens opened up and, 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 and you know, spirit of God came in, in, in the form of a dove and lit up on Jesus. And, and, and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. This is my son. Well, you know, the devil got him out in the wilderness and said, now listen, if you really be the son of God, what's he saying? He said, if you really believe God's word, if he, the devil was trying to say, you know, you don't have to prove that you believe God's word. Okay. You don't have to prove it to the devil. You don't have to prove it to a sickness. You don't have to prove it to a financial problem. You just speak the word of God. When we make our confession and profession of faith, in fact, the Bible says that, that with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Do you know what that word confession is? It's the Greek word homologio. It comes from two words, homo and logio, logos. It comes from the same as the word. When we make a confession, when we say the same as the word of God says, it saves us. It's so That's what Mary said whenever the angel said to her, you know, you're going to have a son. How can this be? She said, well, the, well, the spirit of, of, of Almighty will overshadow you and, and you'll conceive the son of God. And she said, be it unto me according to the word. And whenever she agreed with the word, that was her confession. When she homologia, when she agreed with the word of God and made her confession with God's word, a power went into force. And the word took upon flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his image as of the only begotten of the father. That word still takes upon flesh today. And so I encourage you, I don't know uh, who exactly I'm speaking to out here, but maybe it's you. Just, just hold on to the word. Make your confession. Realize God's word is powerful, okay? His word is powerful. Now, you might be saying, my goodness, how in the world do you remember all that? People have asked me, how do you memorize the word of God? I don't. I don't memorize it. I use it. Glory. Okay? There's a difference. I use it. Don't memorize it, you know? Some of you make cornbread just like that. You don't have to look at the recipe, okay? It's because you use it. It's because you understand it. It's because you've taken time. And when you can get the word of God flowing on the inside of you, it deposits faith. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17 says, and hearing by the word of God. Every time we hear the word of God, even out of our own mouth, it deposits faith. It cleans us out. It's like a rotor-rooter. It's like an encouraging energizer. It's a strengthener. Quote the word of God. My goodness, just go up and down the road. And if you're having trouble, uh, you know, find yourself two or three uh, uh, scriptures and write them on, on index cards. Or now, now, you have, uh, now you have notes on your phone or whatever, but just put them up in front of you. Go ahead and do the index card. Put them up on your sun visor so that when you're at a red light, you can flip it down. Keep one open for the light to turn green and <laughs> read that scripture. And you read it and you use it and you apply it to your life. It will make a difference. The word of God changed my life. The word, nothing but the word of God changed my life. When I got to know God's word, I got to know him. The Bible says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. In the same was in the beginning with God. And the word took upon flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his image as of the only begotten of the father, full of glory, full of grace, full of God. And it pleased God that all the fullness of the Godhead bodily would dwell in the word. Do you know the Bible says in, in, in 1 John that there are three things that agree in heaven? Three things that agree. The father, the word, and the Holy Spirit. The word, the word, the father, the word, and the Holy Spirit. 
Uh, he is the word of God. Jesus is the word. When you know Jesus, you know the word. When you know the word, you know Jesus. He is the word. He's the living word of God. All right, well, uh, we need to get to our lesson for tonight, okay? But you can, you know, that was free. I, I like what I, I heard a pastor say one time. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the same thing as though I said it. You know, I don't chase a lot of rabbits, but if I do chase one, uh, there'll be meat on that sucker. We'll catch him, we'll eat him. We'll catch him, we'll eat him, and there'll be meat on him, I promise you, okay? Um, the Holy Ghost chases rabbits that, 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 that make a difference. Amen. So God bless you. Don't forget the word. The word is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit that joins the mark. It's the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's the word of God. Okay. Let that word be quickened on the inside of you. The Bible says he'll bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever he's spoken unto Glory. you. When God speaks something to you, catalog it. When you need it, he'll bring it to your remembrance, okay? You, and and, and you'll, you'll be able to, to uh, uh, trust in that word. You can walk out upon it. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And though you ponder your path, yet the Lord will direct your steps. You know, the word of God. Trust in the word, okay? All right, well, uh, I mean it. I've got to get to our lesson here, okay? Because this is important. It's an important block in our life. We're at Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship, and, and uh, we are module number three, New Creation Responsibilities. We're talking about our responsibilities as born-again Christians, as born-again believers. And tonight we're in block number nine, specifically talking about evangelism. What in the world is evangelism? Well, evangelism is a very simple yet a powerful act of being a witness. It is the simple and powerful act of us being a witness for God. When we read the word evangelism or evangelist, when we read it in the Bible or, or you know, evangelistic or evangelist plural, uh, when we read this word uh, in an English language Bible, we can readily see the heart of evangelism, okay? This heart of the evangelist uh, is angel. Look at that, if you would. Just, to, just you know, we take off the first couple of letters and the last few letters. The heart of evangelist is angel. And, of course, we understand that, that when, uh, when we translate the word evangelist, which is mentioned in the Scriptures, uh, when it's translated from the original Greek, when we look back at the original Greece, this word, uh, uh, Greek, rather, this word uh, uh, evangelist, the Greek word is uh, euangelistes, Okay? And literally, it means um, someone who announces or someone who proclaims good news. It is a messenger. That's what an angel is. An angel is a messenger. And that's the heart of evangelism, is a messenger. Someone who is going to carry the message of good news from heaven to people on earth. That's what, uh, that's what this concept is. Uh, and and uh, to put it plainly, an evangelist is someone who shares the good news of Jesus Christ with others on earth. And, and uh, you know, although there are people who have special giftings, you and I both know that through the ages there have been people who have had special giftings and have been called to hold, uh, you know, revivals or a whole citywide, you know, uh, crusades as evangelists. Well, you know, not everyone may have that special calling or special gift, but everyone has the duty and the responsibility of evangelism because every born-again believer has been commissioned by God and filled with the Holy Spirit to do the work of an evangelist, to do evangelism. In other, in, uh, in other words, we are all responsible to be a witness for Christ. 
Your new creation responsibility is to be a witness. It's your responsibility. It's, it's your duty. It's my duty. It's our duty to, to evangelize. And being an evangelist or evangelism is not something that is, should be some uh, you know, religious holy term that because we don't think we measure up to some Billy Graham or because we don't measure up to, to, uh, to, to uh, some, some other great person in history or even in our world or some preacher standing up and drawing crowds forward to an altar does not mean that we are exempted from being a witness, from being an, uh, an evangelist, from being someone who is a messenger with a message from heaven that we are responsible to share with others so that others can come to know God. You see, God has given every born-again believer, every one of us, both the responsibility and the great privilege of leading others to Christ, of sharing a message. God has given every born-again believer this great privilege, not only the responsibility, but the great privilege. Please consider it a great privilege that we get to share the good news. We get to share the gospel. It is, it is the burden upon the born-again population of the earth. It is the burden upon the Christian. The responsibility, the privilege, and the burden to share the good news, to be the messengers of the good news. The, 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 um, it's not just responsibility, it's our joy. Do you remember in Acts, the 10th chapter, there was a man named Cornelius. Cornelius had been praying and giving alms, and God was impressed with Cornelius. You can read it in Acts 10. And then he sent an angel from heaven, one of those spooky angels that appears to you when it scares you, you know, and whoom, and the angel got there. But do you know the angel did not give Cornelius the good news of the gospel. He did not. It was not his privilege. It was not his duty. He only said to Cornelius, send for a man named Peter. He sent and Peter came back. And when Peter began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Cornelius, this, this centurion who was a Gentile, Italian, they're living in Caesarea, not only did he get born again, but his whole household, his family, and all of his servants, they all got born again and water baptized and were filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because... A man shared the good news and someone did the work of an evangelist. That was in Acts chapter 10. Move back to Acts chapter 9. You remember uh, a Saul of Tarsus. Do you remember? He wreaked havoc on the church. Saul was on his way to Damascus with letters from the high priest to find Jews who had accepted Jesus as Messiah. He had orders and authority to arrest them, to put them in chains and bring them back to Jerusalem to be tried and some of them would be imprisoned and even others executed. And when he was about five or six miles, as we understand, five or six miles out of Damascus, many people tell us, that's where a great light shined from heaven. And a voice said this to him, Saul, Saul. He recognized the voice from heaven and he, and, and he, he knew he was, he was in the presence of God, in the presence of holiness. And this voice, however, from heaven did not tell him the good news. It did not tell him the gospel. His soul did not get saved 
Rather, he was told by the voice from heaven to go on into Damascus, although he was blind and had to be led by others, and there to wait upon a man who would come and tell him what he should do. It took three days for the Holy Spirit to convince a believer named Ananias, who was a part of the church in Damascus, to go across the city into the house and to tell Saul of Tarsus about Jesus. Three days because Ananias was afraid. But after three days of working with Ananias, because it was a born-again believer's responsibility to share the good news. You see, Jesus sat down and they went forward. He commissioned mankind, born-again believers, to carry the gospel into all the world. He could have done it by angels, but he did not choose to do so. He could have done it by the wind or the sun or the moon or or the star, anything, but he chose to do it through born-again believers, and he commissioned us with that responsibility. And finally, when Ananias agreed and he went to Saul and began to tell Saul about the good news of Jesus Christ. He was doing the work of an evangelist, carrying in a message to Saul. The light of the glorious gospel of Christ shined upon Saul of Tarsus in such a way he understood it. And there he was born again and water baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and became the Apostle Paul, writing two-thirds of the New Testament and changing our lives even today. Do you know we can back up even to the 8th chapter? A man named Philip who was a member of the church in Jerusalem who had gotten born again most likely on the day of Pentecost or shortly thereafter. Philip, just a man, just a common man in the church in Jerusalem. He got it in his heart to go to Samaria, a city about 40 miles north of Jerusalem. And there he went to Samaria. And the Bible says that he proclaimed Christ unto them. He carried a message. And he proclaimed Christ unto them, and they all with one accord gave heed to the things which Philip spoke and the things which he proclaimed. And there, because Philip was doing the work of the evangelist, the Bible says the whole city turned out and heard the message and was born again. They were saved. But just because he had led this great revival and all of Samaritans had gotten born again, it did not keep him from going out into the desert as a messenger to do the work of an evangelist as an angel sent by Jesus Christ as a messenger with a holy word from God. And there he found one Ethiopian eunuch in a chariot who did not understand the word of God, although he had studied it, yet he had no understanding of it. And there Philip opened up the word of God and just proclaimed. He just evangelized. He just gave him the message of the good news. You see, he just told him the good news version of those scriptures and that Ethiopian was so convicted of his sins he got born again and said there's water what 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 does hinder me to be baptized and Philip said if you believe nothing hinders you and right down out of there they went and he got baptized do you know if we were to even back up to Acts chapter 2 the, the day of Pentecost is nothing more than than men and women leaving church going out to their city 
and doing the work of an evangelist, carrying a message, letting the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shine through them. We could go on and on. We could go to Acts 16 where this jailer had experienced an earthquake sent by heaven and jail doors had opened and the miracle, nobody had gone. But yet it was a man, Paul, and his friend Silas who were the messengers that day to the jailer in Philippi. And he and his whole household were born again. This is the plan of God. It's still the plan of God today. It's both our responsibility and our privilege, but it's the certain burden that sets upon the shoulders of every born-again believer to be the messenger from heaven, a messenger to lead individuals and families, whole communities, and even nations. You know, today, nations, individuals, families, they sit in darkness. Today, as we sit here, just outside the walls, people sit in darkness. People, they, they don't know what to do. They don't understand. They don't see. They don't know. Whole nations sit in darkness tonight and in need of someone to bring the light of the glorious gospel, to bring the light, to bring the good news, to bring the light of Christ to them. We, born-again believers, we in the church we not only have the light of the gospel, we are the light of the gospel. So when we go, we carry the light. Others see that. That's what Jesus said in Matthew, the fifth chapter, as he was speaking to, to all the multitude there on the Mount of Beatitudes, just north of the Sea of Galilee, there in Israel. He wrote in Matthew, or he said, as recorded in Matthew 5 and verse 14 and 15, he said this, you, he's talking just, he's, he's, he's pointing his finger tonight at you. You are the light of the world. He was speaking prophetically to those who were gathered together to hear him and following him. His followers that day heard this. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. He went on to tell them that no man lights a candle. No man has the experience that you have. No one has found the light of their own life. No one lights a candle and puts it under a basket but rather sets it on a lampstand so that others, you know, it, it, it may give light so that others are blessed, so that, uh, you know, it, 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 it lights the whole house when the light is put on a lampstand. You know, perhaps some of you, your homes are in need of light. Maybe your job is in need of light. Maybe you work in or go to school with or, or associate with or live with people who are filled with darkness. Maybe darkness surrounds you and maybe you feel as though at times you're drowning or even being lost in such a sea of sin surrounding you. It can't even be in your own mind, in your own life, in your own thoughts, in your own, you know. But if you light the candle, if you'll let, and the, the Bible says that the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord. It searches the innermost parts of your being. If you'll let the light of Jesus Christ become the light of your life, take the basket off. Take, take it out from under its covering. Let the light shine. If you take it out from under its covering, it will absolutely fill your whole house, your whole life, your whole mind, your whole workplace. It will, you know, uh, your, 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 your whole community, your whole school, it will fill the whole house with light. That's why Jesus said, and our key scripture tonight is, is the very next verse, verse 16. 
Our key scripture, Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men. It's a challenge, but it's a commandment as well. What a privilege to let our light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, not only are believers light of the world as we are, we are the light of the world, but we're also, the Bible tells us, we're the salt of the earth. That's what he says in, in verse 13 of Matthew 5. You are the salt of the earth as well. You're the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, you know, if, if we don't do what we are destined to do, uh, how shall uh, it, it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You know, people need the Lord, but unless a person believes that Jesus Christ is Messiah, is the Son of God, is Savior of the world, you know, unless people believe that Jesus is the Son of God and Savior of the world, they will go out and face an eternity in hell. That's the truth. That's the bad news. We are sent with a message that counteracts that bad news. The good news message that we have must be proclaimed because if we do not, others will not know. You see, believers are both the salt that is needed to season this world and preserve it. We're also the light that is needed to show others the way. We are God's only hope, by the way, for this generation. We are God's only hope. He's not going to do it with angels. He's not going to do it with signs and wonders from heaven. They will accompany and angels will assist. But he'll do it because we evangelize. He'll do it because we carry the word of God as a message to our world. That's the truth. Romans the 10th chapter says this. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that good news? Verse 14, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have not heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Boy, that's just plain and simple, isn't it? He goes on to say in verse 15, and how will anyone go and tell without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. Good news. There's that word good news. You know what that word good news is in the Greek? It comes from the same root word as the word evangelist. You know, isn't that interesting? How beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim, who are messengers, who, who teach and preach and carry out, carry forth that, those glad tidings. It, uh, it means basically uh, those who do the work of an evangelist. Simply evangelism. We are all angels. Every one of us, we are angels of evangelism. That brings us to our important points for tonight. Important point number one, people who die without Christ will face eternity in hell. You know, I cannot God is not wrong at all. Please forgive me. But I have searched the word throughout trying to find a way, some technicality that could get someone into heaven who did not accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who did not know because they did not hear. I have looked for every technicality. I can find none. If we believed that people who did not hear the gospel got to go to heaven, if we believed that just because they did not hear 
the credible witness. They got to go to heaven. Then I submit to you that we should burn every Bible, shut down every church, and cut the tongue out of every Christian. Because people who don't get to hear get to go to heaven. But that's not what we're told. In fact, we are told by Jesus just the opposite. That we must go and tell. For those who have not heard cannot know. And how can they know if we do not tell? And that's why we are commissioned to carry the word around the world. That's why we do church online. Our whisper can be heard around the world. Every word I say blankets the earth. It just completely engulfs the earth. And the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. That's being fulfilled every second that we speak. The good news must go forth. People who die without Christ will face eternity in hell. Important point number two, God does not want even one soul to perish. He's unwilling that any perish. He said, I, I am unwilling that even one perish. But the will of God is not always done. Why? Because some people won't cooperate. Some people won't accept him. Some people refuse to hear him. And some people refuse to tell anyone else about him. Point number three. God has given the responsibility of evangelism to mankind. It's our responsibility and a privilege. Point number four. We are all responsible to share the good news with others. And finally tonight, our last important point is the fact that you are someone's angel. Evangelize. Be the messenger. Someone's eternity depends on the light in you. How do you know that you're saved? How do you know if you died, you'd go to heaven? I'm going to pray a prayer with you. If you'll sincerely pray this prayer with me, mean it from your heart, you will be saved. And you'll know that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I realize that I have sinned against you, but I am willing to repent. I choose to repent, to turn away from being a sinner. And right this moment, I open the door of my heart and I take you, Lord Jesus, into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you. Fill me, Lord Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for saving me. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, it's very important that you contact us because we have some information to help you get started in your Christian life. I would like to write a letter to you so that you can know how to win your friends and your family to Christ. And then we'll send you other information to help you get started. So here it is. Remember, realize that you sinned against God, choose to repent and receive Jesus into your life. Jesus said, him that cometh to me or her that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So if you come to him, he will not cast you out. You can know him and know that you're saved and know if you died, you'd go to heaven and then share that with others. It's so important that we be witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ. So call us or email us. Please let us have contact with you so that we'll be able to help you along the way in your Christian life. Find a good Bible-believing, praising, worshiping church and join that church so you'll have a pastor to help you as you go along in your Christian life. God bless you. I believe that God is going to do great things in your life.